We should do like one that was like, hey guys, what's up? We're going to talk about something amazing on this show today. What do we have for uh, what, do, what do we have for the people today, G-Rex? Oh, we got all sorts of crazy stuff, Chase. We got we got news in the uh, Ghostbusters front. Whoa. Oh my and gosh. The, on the other side of the plane, we got some crazy things from the internet. You'll never believe what this gamer did at an internet cafe to stay in the tournament. If you want to find out, stay tuned. This is a show called That Might Be Cute. Oh, yeah, dude. Right on, Brosif. Woo. All right, that was Wolf Mother with their new album, Victorious, and the titular song, Victorious. Yeah! Woo! We actually meant to play a different song, but that's the one that came on, so... Uh, that's next time, next time. <laughs> next time, I know. I'm actually saving that to my uh, playlist right now. Okay. Uh, welcome. I like this Wolf Mother, though. Oh, yeah, dude. All right, I'm going to go... Get it? Yeah, listen to it. We'll get it. Maybe, maybe for the exit, we'll play. Uh, we'll play the other cor- the other song. No, no, that's an intro song. That's an intro song. Okay, uh, maybe. We'll save it. I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we do. We'll see what we do. Play it by ear. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but welcome back to that. Might be cool. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm your host as always. With me, as each and every other week, Mr. High Speed Chase. What's up? And what are you talking about? I'm here every week. <laughs> I said each and every week. Oh, each. And, I thought you said each and every other week. Oh no no no. Each and I every week. I mean, there are some weeks you aren't here. Rarely. Rarely. I've been pretty good now. I've been you pretty have good. Been. You know, you've been really consistent lately. Yeah, ever since I stopped riding that motorcycle. <laughs> Guess what? It's getting warm outside. Sometimes you got to give up your dreams to, to do a podcast, you know? Yep. <laughs> this is my new dream. There we go. It's perfect. It's my dream. Um, all right. We got, we got some crazy stuff today, Chase, as we uh, teased in the intro. There's all sorts of fun little goodness uh, going on in the world. But uh, the first thing that uh, I guess we should talk about is that uh, Fox announced two untitled Marvel movies. Fox. Fox. So Marvel, so not meaning X-Men, it could be Fantastic Four 2, which was originally dropped, correct? Fantastic Four was, yeah, dropped indefinitely, not canceled, but it was dropped from the release schedule. Yeah, so do, are you thinking, since they said Marvel and not X-Men, do you think it's a possibility that this one of these movies is going to be the Fantastic or those. Um, it's possible. I think the. I think. I think. I think they're probably still looking at options for what to do with that franchise, dude. Okay, so that's a pretty bad start that they had, but it's also laid all the groundwork. So all the mm-hmm. all the bad work, all the origin storytelling, all that crap is out of the way. So now they have a perfect opportunity to start anew in an already established kind of. You know, they've been doing this for two years. I yeah. think. I think it. Even though it was pretty bad, I know you liked it, but a lot of people hated it. I'm actually, I actually really want them to make a second one because I want to see more and I want to see if they can fix it. Yeah, no, I, I think they can because they had some troubles with the first one. Totally. Well, and I, I love the cast. I mean, they've got like a really strong uh, a foundation to build from in terms of their cast. You know, I mean, sure, the first movie definitely was not a critical success, and nor was it an audience success. Um, didn't even, I don't think, make back their budget, and so oh, bummer. <laughs> it's a huge bummer, um, but I think that you know, like you've got a cast with with Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, uh, you know, um, uh, shoot Jamie Bell. 
they're all good actors that are you know that have kind of some clout behind them, especially Michael B. Jordan. Um, and so yeah, I that's think- the only thing that I thought in the movie that was good was the chemistry between the actors and the characters. Totally, there were a lot of, and there were a lot of great moments in that movie. You know, I mean, altogether, it didn't really just it didn't add up. No. But there were a lot of moments that were really good. You know, some of the awkward exchanges between Human Torch and uh, Mr. Fantastic. Um, some of like the the awkward like love stuff. A lot of the awkwardness, yeah. I think, was was the good stuff in that. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of p- potential. For it sure, could, it could have been great. Yeah, but I don't know. It's pretty risky though because they did lose quite a bit of money and a lot of you know respect. Yeah, a lot of people that are going to go see the trailer or they'll see the trailer when it comes out if they were to make a second one. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be put off. Yeah, by what they saw in the first one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It could work out, but still, trying to get people to go to the theater after what happened with the first one, it'll be tough. And, be that, and that's where the mar- that's where the marketing will have to come in huge. They will have to they'll have to if they are going to continue with the Fantastic Four franchise, uh, they'll have to show in the trailers that it's tonally completely different, a lot more playful, a lot less gritty. You it know, was pretty dark in the first one. Very dark in like, the first one. I mean, they were like wearing black almost. Yeah, and that and but that's exactly what that's they what have I li- to. I liked it, but I did too. And I like the tone. It was a good tone. It was a little too dark for the Fantastic Four, considering yeah. that they're really bright blue and a f- you know family. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're the Incredibles is like the perfect incarnation of the spirit of the Fantastic Four. Exactly, and that's so cool. yeah, I like that. And I think like I think it would have been a really cool direction to take the franchise to go in sort of that really hard sci-fi route with the Fantastic Four to kind of explore the the weirder side of sci-fi. Um, you know, tonally closer to a movie like Interstellar. I think that was, yeah, was a more, cool thing. more fun. Like, Interstellar was really, like, exciting, you know? Yeah, well, Interstellar was really exciting, but it, I mean, it, it was kind of, it definitely wasn't a playful movie, and that's kind of what they were trying to chase after is that type of sci-fi. I think with the sequel and, and movies going forward, they're going to have to go to the exact opposite side of that, where they're, you know, almost like the Back to the Future side of sci-fi, where it's, like, super fun, super playful... Well, you I know. think they were trying to get away from the original two movies that yeah. were so playful that it's like wasn't he, it was like almost borderline on the bordering on the Batman with George Clooney, Bat Nipples. Oh, the Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. So I think they were trying to get away uh, away from that. Yeah, but, I agree with you. So I think I think it's just to show like as much as I kind of wish they would still be able to pursue that harder, darker sci-fi route. I think that to get audiences in the theater, they will have to show. In the trailers, that it's very different from the first one. Yeah, so. I want to give them a second chance. What about you? I absolutely want to give them a second chance. All I right. think that cast is too good not to do it. I would, I would hate to see the fr- a franchise with the potential of the Fantastic Four to get sucked into the Marvel envelope again and then kind of kicked into sort of the the relegated unknowns of that universe. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of these two these two movie slots, I think that it's a pretty safe bet. One of those movies is Deadpool two. Um, one of those unannounced movies. I'm I'm pretty positive Deadpool two. You're pretty positive. Yeah, yeah. Getting back into the um, exciting and the very successful part of Fox's <laughs> of superhero Fox. endeavors. Yes. Um, Deadpool, one of the most successful R-rated and comic book movies to date. It's yeah, it's the most successful R-rated movie ever, and it's that's it's, impressive. I know it's in like the I think it's in the top ten for comic book movies. At top ten? Yeah, it might be top fifteen. I'll I'll have to look on Box Office Mojo, but. Oh well, it's up there. I know it's very, a very successful movie. It's killing it, especially for for an R-rated movie to do that well is unreal. Um, 
but yeah, no, and it's it's that that corner of the Marvel or of the the Fox universe right now is very, uh, it's got very high potential, you know. And so we're seeing with like with Gambit, they pushed Gambit back only because they didn't have time to shoot it. But I think they're also going to be doing uh, reworking on the script. I think they're going to probably try to bring it a little bit closer in tone to Deadpool, where it plays, you know, like it plays around a little more, um, a little bit more intense, like. Maybe maybe not the violence, but it's probably going to be pretty sexual in nature. I don't do you know. Think what, it's going to be think? rated R. I mean, after the success of Deadpool, a lot of the people, uh, comic book movie maker people, yeah, that are making those movies, are thinking about, hey, maybe we should start making stuff like this. Um, they, they might fall into the trap that James Gunn was stating that unoriginal, because that's why Deadpool was so successful was yeah. original. Yeah. But I mean, after that, Fox is thinking, oh wait. Deadpool did amazing. We can go in a different direction than the, what we were originally thinking for Gambit. Yep. And go what with, you know, probably what yeah. Channing Tatum wanted, you know, because <laughs> yes. it's a uh, passion project for him, just like Deadpool was for Ryan Reynolds. Totally. So. I, I think, honestly, and like this, this is one of those things that is a little bit unpopular right now with, with all the kind of publicity surrounding the R-rated superhero movie, but I think that the direction Fox is going with these franchises is a good direction. I mean, they were already, we talked about it on the show even way before Deadpool came out, they were already planning on having an R rating for Wolverine 3. It only now caught a lot of traction. Now because, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, now it's definitely going to happen. But they were, I mean, James Mangold and Hugh Jackman both talked about like how it's going to be the most intense and violent Wolverine we've ever seen. Yeah. And so, and that was months ago, before Deadpool was even shooting. And so it's berserker rage. Is that berserker rage? That's that's right. Yeah, and so see a lot of blood. Yeah, and so they were already planning on that. And so now I think with Gambit, like I I feel like they kind of had a little bit of a they were unsure exactly what to do with, or maybe not even what to do, but like they were unsure the tone that they wanted Gambit to carry. But I think now that they've got a pretty solid direction for Wolverine and a very solid direction for Deadpool. I think they're going to use Gambit to help build that side of the of the X Men universe, and and hopefully lead into X Force, like they've already said they're going to with Deadpool, um, and you know they're going to do Deadpool two and then X Force afterward. I think that Gambit could help lead into that, and I think all of those movies, if they're all on the R rating side of it, they can have sort of this adult superhero shared universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it, you know, it'd be awesome to have Deadpool, Wolverine, and um, Gambit. Gambit. All these. Um, this is a different corner of the X Men universe. Yeah, you were talking they're all about, like antiheroes. Yeah, they're all antiheroes, and they're all in the present day. Yeah, currently the X Men, the original lineup is stuck in the eighties. Yeah, so having this newer, different, you know, not the original X Men lineup. Yeah, but having you know, they have their own sub. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the X Force universe. Yeah, yeah. So that could it's, be awesome. Yeah, I, um, and I, I think it's really cool because since they are in different time periods. You know, since since the main X Men movies are right now in the '80s, and for the next one probably in the '90s, um, or maybe they stay in the '80s and go a lot slower now and don't jump a decade each time, uh, they can keep them separate and have those main X Men movies be PG-13. You know, mass audience like family, not family, but you know what I mean, like the general age demographic movies, um, and then have the X Force side of things be the the more violent, more adult X Force movies. Because I mean, like X Force comics are always the the seedier, darker side of, of that mutant universe anyway. Yeah. You know? And so, now they know that that's what we want. Totally. <laughs> so, but I think that one of the biggest challenges for Gambit uh-huh. when they do it is keeping it original, but playing off what Deadpool, you know, the groundwork that Deadpool laid out. I agree. But, you know, I don't know. What kind of 
tone do you think they should go with for a movie like Gambit? I mean, for that character, he's a lot different than Deadpool. He doesn't break the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. um, But he is kind of, I don't know, witty and says... Totally. You know, snappy remarks. Well, especially with Channing Tatum playing it. You know that they're probably going to play up the comedic side of it a a bit more. Um, I think that it should be kind of a... An Ocean's Eleven heist style movie mixed with, and it's going to be set in New Orleans, and so they can mix that with a lot of the sort of, you know, not like the 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 grittier side of things, you know, the the noir, the the sexuality of a lot of movies that are set in New Orleans, um, and and play up that aspect of Gambit because it's always been hinted at, but it's not always been explicitly stated. Um, in terms of the type of character he is, like usually it's something that's sort of between the lines with him, just you know because he's showing up in mainstream X Men comics or cartoons, uh, they haven't had the ability to really be upfront with it, you know. And so yeah. I think that that's something that they have now that he's always been kind of a side antihero kind of person. Definitely. Well, will... I mean, he was he was a member of the Thieves Guild. Thieves Guild. Yeah, that sounds cool. I don't know anything about that. Totally. I'm gonna have to start reading a little bit of Gambit's. Um, comic books yeah. and see what you know then i can come up with a better opinion because right totally. now all i know is from some cartoons mm-hmm. and seeing him and uh the first iteration of him in x-men origins <laughs> yeah the taylor kitsch version pretty bad yeah i don't know i he's got a cool stick i guess <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's rad well, i think i think there are so many cool things they can do with it and i think that Using you know Deadpool, Deadpool two, uh, Wolverine three, or whatever they end up calling it. I don't think they'll call it Wolverine three just because continuity wise, those three movies just don't make sense together. Well, it'll say Wolverine Origins or X Men Wolverine Origins. I don't know something like that. And then the second one is just the Wolverine. Yeah. So yeah, they'd have to do something different, or they or they'd be exactly like Fast and Furious. I bet you three yeah. different types of uh, titles. I wouldn't be surprised if they just went ahead and called it Old Man Logan. I mean that's the best yeah. thing to do. Either that or the death of Wolverine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Death of Wolverine. That's kind of. I don't think they do that for a movie. That's pretty uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, for sure. But if I mean, if people go into that, I think that's a title that sells tickets. People go into that knowing this is this is Wolverine's last movie. Wolverine dies in this movie. You know, kind of like the comics. Gonna, if they did a, um, him dying, do you think they do it like they did in the comic books? Um, for well, what was it? Civil or Secret Wars mm-hmm. when they did. Uh, He's oh, completely they... covered in adamantium. Yeah, in adamantium. adamantium. So that's the thing is I. So I'm working on, uh, as we've mentioned before, I'm working on the how I would make movies videos. I don't know exactly what they are going to be doing for that, but I have a lot of ideas for like what I would do, and it's just fun stuff because I always think about you know I mean you and I we go out for wings or whatever, and we're always talking about like how we would make different movies and stuff like that's that. that's why we named the show that might be cool because totally. we come up with our ideas, we say them, and we say that might be cool. Yeah, exactly, and that's it all that's... makes sense now. It, that's exactly where it came from. It's just those types of discussions. And so, uh, if you if you follow our YouTube channel, which uh, we'll have some videos very soon, we're like seriously almost done with the first uh, few videos in terms we're of editing. working on it. Be patient. Yeah, but uh, if you follow our YouTube channel, uh, pretty soon we will start having those how I would make movies videos. And I have a lot of ideas, especially for the Fox universe. You know, the Fox Marvel movies. Um, and I think that they can do an Avengers style thing with the X Force characters where they're building up this origin story. In Deadpool 2, they introduce Cable. Maybe they introduce Domino. Um, in uh, in Wolverine 3, I think they should introduce X-23. Um, and then in Gambit, they could introduce you know somebody else. Uh, there's a lot of ways they could take it. They could bring back Rogue. They could well, go they with could all sorts of... they could come with the new characters, like Negasonic Teenage Warhead from totally. Deadpool. Something like that that's really cool, because 
I mean, we don't want just another rehashing of an old X-Men that we've already seen. Yeah. That they've already done, actually, several times. Like, even Colossus. Yeah. But uh, I'd no, like to be... see more, more, you know, smaller ones. Like, even Domino. Domino. Yeah. It's already rumored that she's going to be in Deadpool too. Yeah. Which would be awesome. And she'd be perfect for, for X-Force. And that's the thing is I don't think they'll be doing a version of the X-Force that's been in the comics before. I think they'll be doing an amalgamation of a lot of the different versions of the yeah, X-Force. Same way seen. they're doing with the Horsemen. Exactly. The and, and I mean with, with Cable, and this is something I won't get too in-depth for it because I want people to watch the video. Um, but I mean they could do a lot of like Cable's origin is very closely tied to Apocalypse. And the X-Force is also very closely tied to Apocalypse, as well as a few other characters. And so I think that Ooh, without... yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So without connecting the two movies, without connecting the you know uh, young X-Men to the R-rated X-Force movies, they don't have to have them interweave. But by having that cross-play with the Apocalypse storyline, you know, the, the young X-Men, what happens in the young X-Men movies can kind of affect what is going on in the uh, you know, X-Force franchises. And so then it can kind of cross-play that way. So you know that there's connective tissue there, but they're very separate in the way that they deal because of the timelines and obviously because of the nature of the movies. Um, that, that would be awesome. Because, yeah. I don't know, I really like how it's split up right now. Yeah. And the idea of having a R-rated mm-hmm. uh, superhero franchise totally sounds amazing. Right? I mean, a whole list of them, like the Avengers, but with Deadpool and rated R. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so cool. Like, lighthearted, super violent. Super like anti-heroes. They're all anti-heroes. Yes. Doing Black Ops like Suicide Squad type missions. Like, you think they bring so in cool. Archangel? Archangel. Archangel. Arch- I mess that up every time. <laughs> Archangel. Yeah. Archangel. Um, I mean, he's younger in the eighties. They could reintroduce mm-hmm. him in the X verse as an older, different they actor could. or something like that. Yeah. He'd be really cool because he's one of my favorite parts of the X. Force. Un- Uncanny X-Force, yeah. to be exact. Yeah, the Uncanny X-Force, and Archangel is a super interesting character in the first place, and I think that having... I think if they don't introduce Archangel in the uh, in the X-Force movies, then y- the utilization of Cable will be more important, because they... Cable and uh, and Archangel have very similar ties to, to Apocalypse in different ways. What's kind of funny with Cable is he's sort of a... He's got a chicken-in-the-egg situation with Apocalypse, where... In a way, Cable kind of created Apocalypse, and in a way, Apocalypse kind of created Cable. What? Yeah, they had, so they actually have this crazy... There's a crazy time paradox involving Apocalypse and Cable where basically neither of them can... like Exist without the other? Yeah, it's kind of like a Harry Potter Voldemort thing where it's just oh. like one of them created the other and then the other created the other by going back in time to create, you know, to defeat the other one. And like, it's super weird. Well, you're going to have to go through this... And explain it in a video, and I'll have to watch it because I'm Absolutely. intrigued now. Absolutely. So uh, keep an eye out for that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, dude, I'm excited about Fox. I, like, in all honesty, and I know a lot of comic book fans hate the idea that Marvel doesn't own all the rights to their characters. I really don't care. I love that the X-Men are separate from the Marvel Universe because totally. all the Marvel uni- uh, Marvel movies, even though... They have their own different tones. They all have the same kind of you know vibe to them. That's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're all connected somehow. It's just nice to have the X Men that's different. And there's you know there's plenty of characters for each universe. Totally. But speaking of, there, I, I think we talked about this on the last episode. But uh-huh. one of my favorite characters from the X Force. Uh huh. I think they need to introduce Phantom X. Oh, really? Did we talk about him on the last show? Uh, I I think we might have mentioned him. Or were we just talking? To someone else, we might have been talking to someone else, but yeah, I don't know. We talked about X, stuff. Phantom X is an awesome character. 
Um, yeah, Josh was on the show and we were talking about Phantom X. Oh, that's like, right. He's like, what? And we had to show him the picture. Yeah. We were in that room. The comic book was on the floor, mm-hmm. and we picked it up. Well, and so I think in the in the X Force movies, I so I would love to see Phantom X, um, but I think in the X Force movies, uh, Gambit could kind of take, take the role of Phantom X. So, yeah, in a way, be sort of part of the role of Phantom X, and I think that Cable, in a way, could also like if we're if we're talking about the Uncanny X Force storyline, which uh, the Apocalypse Solution is actually something that I'm pulling heavily from for my stupid brainstorming ideas for it. Um, if you know, if we're using that type of story, I think the combination of Cable and Gambit can kind of supplant a lot of those needs there. Um, but at the Get same rid time, of those other awesome characters. How could you? Yeah, I know. Well, th- at the same time, I love Phantom X. He's one of my favorite X Men characters now. Like I, I seriously. He's awesome. He's very strange. I need to read more comic books so I can get a little bit more knowledge on him. Yeah. But he's really first cool. First impressions is he's like, first impression actually is like, that dude's weird and he's wearing a ski mask. Yeah. And then you start to read um, the Apocalypse Solution and mm-hmm. it's like, man, this guy's a bad A. He's yeah. like mysterious. He's awesome. He's like the new Wolverine. We don't know what he's doing and where he's coming from. Totally. Or He doesn't even know. Yeah. Well, and, and what's funny is he's also a thief. He also wears a trench coat. And he always wears a mask. He always wears a mask. He's very mysterious. So, like, he and Gambit actually have a lot of parallels. They both wear trench coats. They're both thieves. They both steal art, specifically, actually. Phantom X does? Yeah. I remember when Wolverine first, uh, in, in the Apocalypse Solution, Uncanny X-Force Volume 1 by Rick Remender, um, when Wolverine tracks down Phantom X, it's in the middle of an art heist. I don't remember. I'm going to go back and read those. Go back and read them. Uh, They're really good. Um, but that's the other thing. Oh, and then I'll tease one other thing for those videos. Uh, X-23. That's, that's, she's somebody that I want to really heavily involve in those. Anyway. They need that. She's going to be the new Wolverine. I think so, too. So um, They just got to cast it right. Yeah. So, no, but I, I do agree with you that having Phantom X involved in these movies would be amazing. It is kind of hard, though, because he is a very weird character. Very weird. And but so I is don't Negasonic. Even know, Neg- Negasonic, yeah, but she's like a side character. Yeah. And, you know, she's kind of, they just, they made her, her a different character than I think what she was in the comic books. Yeah, they she's, altered her a bit. She's really creepy in the comic books. Yeah. I haven't read anything, but uh, I Wikipedia'd her. She's she's very obviously a Grant Morrison creation. She's yeah. just super weird. Super, she has like super dreads and everything. Yeah, but um, yeah, they turned her into a, you know, the teenage girl that you saw. Yeah, totally. So, um, so speaking of, I mean, we're we're talking about all the Fox stuff. Have you did you hear what uh, what Tim Miller said about the allegations that uh, they had snuck in Marvel Studios uh, and and Marvel Cinematic Universe references to Deadpool? They did. So um, I mean, they're probably denying every single one of them, but I mean, there's no doubt that there's a lot. I mean, the final battle takes place on something that looks eerily like the helicarrier. Helicarrier, helicarrier but you know, so, obviously that is not the helicarrier. So here's yeah, here's here's what uh, here's what Tim Miller said when confronted about the fact that you know they they may or may not have used things in the movie like Hydra Bob or a helicarrier. Uh, you can't that were not that were not owned by trademark Bob <laughs> that were they never not say <laughs> specifically say Hydra Bob yeah so well so here's here's what Tim Miller says you know obviously Disney and Marvel owns the rights to uh, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Hydra and Helicarriers and all that stuff uh, so when confronted with this uh, this question Tim Miller says no it's clearly not the Helicarrier uh, I just want to say for the record. There's a lot of groups in the Marvel Universe who use flying combat platforms. It's not just the Helicarrier. 
AIM has some. It could have it could have been anything but a shield helicarrier because that would be outside the purview of the Fox and Marvel arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> I really just wanted uh, to hint at a larger connection to the rest of the Marvel universe. He added. So I mean, obviously, he's this whole time, and even in the uh, in the quote, it says that he he's saying all this with a smirk. You know, like he he very clearly and very obviously put that helicarrier in there. Well, on purpose. they obviously did their homework and found out that. That's probably okay to use that. It's okay to use it as long as it's not explicitly a helicarrier and there's no shield logos. And so it's, it's that's and that's why it's not flying. It's just sitting on blocks. So it, their their defense there could be, oh no, it's just a boat. We don't know it flies. You know, there's yeah, there's but they no do issue. have that giant looking propeller thing on the side. That's the only thing that gives it away. They do well. So, it, but it's not even a propeller. It's like a jet. You know, it's like yeah. a jet engine. So it it's could be huge though. It is pretty big. So. But they never they never explicitly call it a helicarrier, and then hi- having Hydra Bob there is awesome. Especially because like if it's Hydra Bob and he's on a helicarrier, then that means that it would be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Hydra took over Shield, <laughs> like because <laughs> he's Hydra Bob, he's not Shield Bob, you know. That's true. So it's kind of funny. And did you uh, catch there were a couple um, Spider Man references? Peter Parker. Uh, let's see. Go get him, Tiger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they say that twice in the movie. Really? Which is what Mary Jane always says to Peter Parker. Yeah, in the Sam Raimi movies. But you obviously can't trademark that. No, of course you? not. No, I don't think of course so. Not. Obviously not. You cannot trademark a yeah. of words. No, I mind <laughs> to make a sentence. I think. I think at this point, it's pretty obvious that Tim Miller is like an actual comic book fan. Like, not just that's you what know. we need making the comic book movies. The Absolutely. ones that are sneaking in all the little details that you catch years later or yeah. you know after the movie's released totally you watch it a couple hundred times well and if you look at his at his track record with with blur studio the animation studio that he uh that he started all the stuff they work on is like comic book video games and stuff like they did dc universe online they did like a, a an avengers game um obviously he's been involved with deadpool since the beginning like and even in this quote he's talking about freaking aim and he's talking about like all this other stuff like well just, he's got to know his stuff man if you're making comic book movies you have to at least know your stuff even if you're not a not fan. that much of it like he like to make deadpool he like wouldn't have had to know anything about aim you know and like to make a lot of those video games and stuff but yeah, obviously but he's, he's trying to sneak in stuff so. exactly and trying to come up with you know clever stuff because that's what comic book people love i mean yeah. everybody loves easter eggs everybody and yeah. no matter what kind of movie it just seems to me like he's an actual comic book fan and that like he's probably that, been reading comic books for a long time that'd be awesome and then and then that's probably what influenced him to you know for his animation studio seek out specifically comic book video game and movie jobs you know maybe just like superheroes man yeah well I, yeah, Someone's maybe. Probational or something. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, so that's really cool. Um, but then we were talking earlier, Chase, about uh, X Men Apocalypse and what we think that they are doing um, after X Men Apocalypse. You know what? What they might go. You know what direction they might go in for the main X Men movies after that, right? Yeah. Uh, so I actually found. Um, I shared this the other day. It's a. Uh, uh, from Newsarama.com, uh, top 10 other X-Men properties Fox can adapt for film. Um, and these are just, you know, kind of some other things that, that Fox could use for, you know, random sort of X-Men stories and to expand on their Marvel lineup, which obviously they're doing pretty uh, pretty crazily. Crazily? Um, <laughs> now who can't say words? I know, right? It's the worst. Uh, yeah, we'll just... yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> we'll just run through. I'm actually just going to run through the top five here really quick. Um, I want to throw in that number six is X-23, which is awesome. And, you know, again, watch out for our YouTube videos. Um, 
But there's a few that are really interesting, like Captain Britain and MI-13. Uh, so Captain Britain actually is the brother of Psylocke. So he's a mutant, or he's related to a mutant? Uh, so I think... So that means that Fox can use him, right? He, I believe so. In the I same believe way so. they're sharing Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, they can share Captain Britain? I believe so. Either that or Captain Britain might just be a, a Fox property. The that rights might really exclusively weird. be with Fox. I don't think they'd ever use Captain Britain in the main Marvel universe, uh-huh. the MCU, because yeah. that'd be, that'd be kind of weird. I think that would be awesome for Fox, though, to just make a movie about Captain Britain. It would be amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so that that one I think would be pretty cool, you know, and it would be a little bit more internationally marketed than uh, some others. Um there's another franchise here that they suggest, the the X-Men that's the modern all-female cast. So you have Storm, Rogue, Jubilee, Kitty Pride, uh, I think Rachel Summers. Um, I can't remember who else is in there, but it's basically like a Charlie's Angels in the X-Men universe. That sounds kind of cool. I like it. Um, it's like Birds of Prey, but for Marvel. Exactly. Exactly. I've never actually read Birds of Prey. Uh, pretty good comic. Um, I've always wanted to but. yeah no it's it's a it's a pretty good one they made a tv series that was awful like they, they i think they only <laughs> yeah. made one episode it was so terrible one epi- i thought there was a season i saw it in one of those bins at walmart oh and really it, and it was like birds of prey and i was like dude uh, i would have bought that and watched the whole thing probably like i know it's crappy but i i still have <laughs> not seen it to this day like i've been wanting to for a long time just to see how bad it was um but i still haven't kind of sucks it'd be interesting if uh the CW made a, a Birds of Prey TV show with like, oh, actually, that'd be horrible because Felicity would be like the only good one. Then you'd have Thea and and Laurel and like maybe Sarah or someone like that and like Vixen. Pretty much all the worst actors on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Man, those characters. Never mind. Could, they shouldn't do that. Those characters could be really awesome, but they they're totally underutilized. I have a bunch of ideas for Arrow. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe when it comes back on. Same time that Batman's coming out. Batman yeah, I think the same day, actually. Same day? Or No, it'll be the day after you and I see it. So we're seeing the oh. early screening, so it'll be the day after that. That's kind of fun. We're going to be going to see Batman v Superman yeah. on March 21st on a Monday. We'll be doing a podcast afterwards. Absolutely, we will. We try For, not our best not to give spoilers. <laughs> For the longtime listeners, you'll remember when uh, this time last year we went to a uh, the trailer screening and they, they gave us all... No, the, not even the trailer. It was a teaser trailer oh yeah that's right it was just a teaser screening in imax i know i was like uh, we actually went weird. to a, like a teaser trailer at a movie <laughs> man we're so awesome. i mean we didn't pay for it so well it's free but i was like yeah and we got posters that's yeah true uh where are those posters they're somewhere i can't remember where i put them uh but yeah so so we we do have those those passes there so that'll be fun yeah we'll jump early on the bandwagon um number two though is house of m uh, so now that the future of the X-Men film universe is somewhat uh, malleable thanks to Days of Future Past, maybe it's time for Fox to start exploring one of the great traditions of the X-Men comics, uh, alternate future timelines. Is this with Bishop, right? Because he has an M on his eye. Uh, no, actually. So, is that a different thing? Yeah, the M, the M on his eye is because he's a mutant. And yeah. so they, in the future they would get branded uh, with that M. What the heck is it? Oh, no. That's what I thought, and then I saw something on Marvel Unlimited that said something about House of M, and yep. I looked at the cover, and it wasn't anything like that. It, what, what is it? Can you explain it? So the House of M is actually, um, the M is, I don't, I think it might stand for Magneto, but I mean, basically it's Magneto's family, um, and it's all kind of caused by this whole thing with, uh, um, it's, you know, I mean, he's like the, his kids, he's got, uh, 
Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and uh, what's his third daughter's name? Lorelai or something like that. He's another kid? Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, but Fox has been eyeballing a Magneto solo film for years. Um, if X-Men Origins hadn't failed, then the next one was gonna, that was going to follow was X-Men Origins Magneto. Yeah, I remember that, but then they traded it off for first class. Exactly, because Wolverine, like, Origins Wolverine failed pretty hard, and so they're like, okay, uh, never mind, first class. Jake did. <laughs> um, do something better. But uh, rather than exploring his history, which we've seen in depth because of first class, um, they could explore what could happen if Magneto, not Xavier, uh, became the figurehead for mutant kind. So if after, you know, Days of Future Past, Magneto sort of became the one that was, you know, teaching uh, mutants and all that. That would be awesome, but I think they'd have problem with alternate timelines because they already have two separate alternate timelines uh-huh. that they're kind of playing at the same time time yeah it's true um Very true. so having like another you know be they too complicated days of future past with the apocalyptic yeah. future and now having house of m people are going to be like wait how did that happen at the same time as this and they'll be like oh it's a different alternate universe from the original trilogy and the first crash trilogy and whatever freaking timeline Deadpool's yeah. in yeah so yeah i, I they agree just say, there. screw it start keep making movies like who cares <laughs> for me that's what i would prefer but i know that the studio is not going to want to do that yep so um so number one on their list is cable i mean obviously he's going to be probably in x-force and in deadpool too but uh you know their contention is that he should also have his own movie i i kind of don't agree with that i'd love to have him just be sort of that kind of like the hulk is in the marvel cinematic universe where hulk's just kind of yeah. this power this flex player that they move around between movies yeah, I mean, if they want to start doing something like the MCU, which I think they should, yeah. then, you know, they need characters like that that don't get, you know, every character doesn't need their own movie. Oh, absolutely, I agree with you. But, like, if they have, like, subgroups, kind of like, uh, ah, crap, what is it? Well, like, there there are certain, there are certain characters that, yeah, just, they don't lend themselves well to, to solo movies. Like, and for instance, Cable has never done well in a solo comic. He's the the best uses of Cable have been in Cable and the X Force and in uh, Cable and Deadpool. You know he's a good character, but he's a good character to have play off of other characters. When you put him on his own, he starts to become a little disinteresting and a little bland, kind of like Cyclops. You know, Cyclops for years and years and years was totally uninteresting up until like the last five years with you know all the Bendis stuff where he made Cyclops like a, a total you know revolutionary crazy person. But yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I'm getting into that. I've been actually reading a lot of the X-Men. We're speaking of X-Men. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to read, so I kept going, jumping from different stuff, mm-hmm. um, from Uncanny X-Force to, you know, New X-Men to, um, what's the other one? Ultimate Ver- Universe X-Men. Ultimate X-Men, okay. And then I said, ah, oh, screw it, I'm going to start at number one. So I started at X-Men number one from 1963, mm-hmm. and it was is, is pretty interesting. Really? But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but yeah, they they have a lot of which history. So, yeah, how I mean, how have you how have you been enjoying uh reading all that stuff? Uh, I really like it cuz it's got the original 5 characters, uh-huh. which is weird because most of most of those characters um aren't originals in the movies. Like Iceman, uh Beast, and Angel, they're like minor 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 characters yeah in uh, the movies uh-huh but in the comic books there were these original five people and i didn't know that they had those same lineup for years until 1969 or 1970 when the last of that group um until they went on hiatus for a couple of years five years until they came up with the new x-men yeah so i was planning on just reading like the entire lineup but i i think that's going to take too long how long do you think it would take to read 
30 years of comics. 30 years of comics? Oof. That, and that'd be I'm tough. I'm on like with... six. I'm on like six. I'm to the, like, the Brotherhood. Really? Mutants. Oh, wow. Because they have the very first issue of, of Magneto, and they kick his butt. Interesting. And then the next couple bad guys, which is Blob, they couldn't beat the Blob by him themselves. They had to get Professor X to get some super that hypes up his powers uh-huh. to control his mind to get him to go back to the circus. Oh, boy. But, yeah, they beat Magneto. And what I found interesting is that Magneto, in the very first issue of X-Men, has a different power that I've never seen him use before. Really? Which is where he can use his magnetic field as a force field and block out anybody that tries to get him. Cyclops had to use his eyes to bust through it. Huh. Yeah. That's very... Oh, yeah. I do actually remember that. That is weird. I'm kind of glad that they don't have that anymore yeah and then well then they beat him really quick he was yeah. he was trying to it was actually um very closely tied to i think they pulled a little bit from the very first issue for first class really? because he breaks into a base and he tries to launch missiles or something like that he takes over a military base huh and uh, he's launching missiles trying to start a war oh yeah and then that's because yeah in first class they like the cuban missile crisis yeah so i'm like that's that's Dude. really interesting because that's from the very first issue yeah that so that actually is one of my favorite things in comic book movies and they did it in first class and in days of future past where it's like some historical events are actually affected by the mutants and we don't realize you know like in yeah in first class they have the cuban missile crisis and then in days of future past they talk about the kennedy assassination and how magneto played a part in it and then they talk about how kennedy was actually a mutant and magneto <laughs> was trying to save him that's cool that like that's the the I don't know I I love that stuff where it's like you know they take real things that happen like real historical events and then just like put in like a reason that it happened was due to the mutants or whatever they just blame it oh they'll take credit for that that's a good um, yeah something that happened in actual history that was cool steal from but it's cool I like it yeah I love it but um so speaking of the the movies and we were talking about the you know R rated uh, you know Fox universe um. Disney has said now that uh, they have no plans to make an R-rated movie in probably the most obvious statement ever made by a person. <laughs> Disney. I don't even... Did, does Disney ever make a rated R film? They, every once in a while, I, will have a company that they own yeah. make an R-rated movie here or there. Like Miramax made a few R-rated movies while Disney owned them. They no longer own them. Um, yeah, but they're never going to put Disney on the logo no. and have it rated R. That's yeah. just... And with with Marvel being their you know like second biggest property or at this point arguably their their largest property, uh, there's no way Disney's going to let Marvel do that. Yeah. So why do you think they brought out with that statement? Just to you shut up all the rumors? Because, well, because a, prob- a lot of people were probably talking about, hey, why don't you make this R rated or this R rated? Yeah. And then Marvel's just like, or Disney yeah. said, yeah, no. It's. I think it was just that they were being asked the question. You know, people kept asking, like, "Oh, are you going to make a you know a Punisher R-rated Punisher movie? Are you going to make a, a which you know, honestly whoever? they should. It'd be pretty well, cool. They kind of almost are with Netflix. With Netflix, and that's you know as bad as mm. I want those to get. Totally. Like, Jessica Jones had some pretty raunchy scenes for sure, and you know, so I think I think it's good. It's, yeah. You know, real. Yeah. Bloody. Well, and, and I think if Punisher if Punisher shows up in the in the MCU like in the actual movies, you know I think those movies shouldn't be R rated. You know, like if Punisher showed up in Spider Man, for instance, Spider Man shouldn't be R rated because Punisher shows up. It's just, you know like you tone down Punisher a little bit to fit into Spider Man. You don't have to show what's going on in Punisher's personal life to have him show up in Spider Man. You know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting because not a lot of people die in uh, the MCU. 
It's true. We saw in the trailer for Age of Ultron a bunch of people falling, and you know Captain America couldn't save them, and we're like, me and you are thinking, oh no, they can't save everybody. But then guess what happens in the movie? Thor flies up and catches them. Yep. But if you watch Jessica Jones, uh-huh. I can't even count how many freaking people die and get their arms chopped it's off. It's ridiculous. He forces a guy to chop his own arms off or some crap like that. Yeah. So that's as you know that's as gory as it's gonna get for Marvel. It's uh yeah absolutely I I agree with you because I mean there's sort of that superhero violence that Deadpool kind of spat in the face of of like you know crazy stuff happened but then you still don't see like hardly any blood you yeah. know and so I don't know, it, it is very interesting I and I I'm glad they aren't and I think that is a good thing because I I like the fact that Marvel uh you know Marvel Studios DC and Warner Brothers and then uh Fox you know the Fox Marvel properties are all sort of establishing their distinct and separate tones um, because you can kind of look at any of those movies and tell them apart instantly. You know, not, not just the characters, but the tone of the movie, even like the look, you know, the, the, the lighting and everything, the, the general aesthetic of the movies is very significantly different. Um, and the tones are a lot different, you know, with, with Marvel, it's a lot more about the sort of the, you know, the, the problems of, of, people who want to be superheroes you know and the the repercussions in terms of you know like civil war is a lot about the repercussions of being a superhero and of saving people um and generally it's more about these people who are trying to be superheroes uh the dc stories are more about you know superheroes and gods trying to be people and then the x-men universe is you know basically generally a, a big family drama like bunch of crazy people running around yeah it's it's a it's a huge you know house of of college kids basically trying to to figure out and get along and deal with you know society's issues so yeah it's really cool i'm really excited to see a younger version of the original cast yeah Jean gray cyclops and whoever else they have storm nightcrawler angel those aren't um, original but. they aren't original i mean well so that team is actually the pretty much the original x-men from the comics like in the in the movies, they had you know a, a little bit different than what they had in the comics. But in the in the comics, the original lineup had um, Jean Grey, Cyclops, uh, Storm, Storm, Angel. Was not, Storm's not original. Oh, that's Storm right. Storm's up. not original. Storm showed up later. Iceman was original, not Storm. Yeah, there's five of them because yeah. I've read the first uh, couple issues. Beast is not even blue. He's just a big buff yep. guy, and they all wear matching leotards. Yep. Um, so they do have they have four of the original five. Um, in in Apocalypse, yeah. So they're missing Beast. No, they have Beast. they have Beast. Ah, oh, freaking! Heck. They're just missing. They're basically missing Iceman. Is it Iceman with it, which they can't use because they already yeah know, they utilized already kind of him that up, very yeah. much that they can't just create yeah. a new one. Yeah, and I th- I think that was a perfect Iceman. I think he was awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. So, um, but yeah, they changed to um, after the five year hi- hiatus mm-hmm. after nineteen seventy nineteen seventy five they picked back up on issue like ninety something mm-hmm. and it's called the giant size X Men. What they have. Uh, Oh yeah, that's where they're all like Cyclops, Storm, Wolverine, and some other ones that I don't mm-hmm. know. But I'd be interested in to see a movie with those guys. You know, set, that'd be awesome. Set right now. Yeah, maybe you'll put that in your video. I don't know. No, they may. I and I would absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, that's that's it's. I like that they are just so different. You know, all three franchises, all three studios are kind of just doing their own yeah. thing and establishing just very different uh, names for each other. And then there's Fantastic Four. That's just. In limbo. In limbo. Yeah. That's true. Hopefully, I, I would love for it to just be like a, a playful sci-fi movie, you know, a, a back-to-the-future type 
sci-fi where it's just like a bunch of kids doing science and and trying to deal with the repercussions of being who they are you know mm-hmm. um like the the script that max landis wrote that he's you know shared the first four pages of for this fantastic four reboot uh he had a he had a script proposal to fox um and it was really cool like the first scene of it is basically the fantastic four getting ready for like a rocket launch where they've basically taken a winnebago and turned it into a rocket ship and they're launching it out of a barn that sounds um, like space balls. It kind of does. It kind of does. Because they drive around some sort of Winnebago. But yeah. are dumb, though. I love space balls. Um, <laughs> I tried to watch it. It's so bad. <laughs> I freaking love it. Um, but it, it was really cool. It was kind of that playful and, like, all these cops, like, they know what's going on because they're preparing for the, like, the silo is sort of expanding and the, the RV is getting ready to take off. And so all these cops are, like, rushing there. And then you hear, like, over the, over the um, PA that they have on their rocket like uh please don't shoot us oh we're trying and then like you hear in the background they're all trying to figure out how to start the ship and like they're kind of this interplay and so it's like a very you know it's just a very uh character oriented series you know or or story that that max landis pitched to them that they end up turning that, down that's a screenplay yeah it was a screenplay I don't uh think they're gonna be shooting winnebago's into space dude i think that would be the perfect way to do it because it's basically reed richards being a scientist and and figuring out how to do things with what he's given you know um all right yeah because it's not just a Winnebago. It's like basically they took a Winnebago and made that sort of the cockpit slash living area of their rocket ship and, you know, basically attached and fashioned turbines and all this stuff to it. Because that's, I mean... I think you're crazy, man. That's generally what the Fantastic Four have been a lot. It's just like doing random science and making random stuff. And so if it's like an origin young Fantastic Four, then they're going to do the best they can with whatever they had. But the cool thing is the resolution of that scene was that they tried to shoot up into space and then the rocket just kind of like started falling like it just it started failing and stuff and they almost got like back to the ground and almost just crashed down to the ground and then it kicked back in and like they were able to figure it out and then actually launched it into space so it was like they actually took off yeah it's just kind of like that crappy sort of like piece together it's you a know. bird it's a plane yeah it's a Winnebago. doc brown makes a time machine out of a freaking delorean you know like reed richards makes a rocket ship out of a winnebago like i don't know those are a little different a little different, they're the but same, I think it's cool. But they're different. They're different, but I, I yeah. like that. I love sort of just like the crappy deal with what you got sci-fi stuff. That could be interesting. Yeah. I don't know about the Winnebago, but I don't know about the Winnebago. And obviously, they can't use that anymore because that was an origin story, and they're not going to do an origin story. But the, just that general tone of like the fun and the you know focusing on character and and really utilizing and and playing with the fact that they are young. They are like a bunch of you know pretty much teenagers that are trying to form a functioning superhero group so i don't know um but speaking of comics uh marvel is finally to the point now where they are with their star wars comics starting to tie in even more with characters from the force awakens so before they sort of teased it they had the shattered empire series where it's like leading into the force awakens um but now they're actually utilizing those characters and uh they're about to launch a series uh focusing on poe dameron and so apparently, which like when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like a Poe Dameron series. I guess that's pretty cool, whatever, you know. But they're actually talking to retailers and encouraging them to um, have launch celebrations for the series. You know, like have actual events for the series launching. For Poe Dameron. For Poe Dameron. All right. Which to me kind of says that this series might actually have some serious like implications and and meaning behind what happened in the force awakens and and some actual insight because it is canon it is star wars canon um and so it might actually have a lot of information about this new star wars franchise 
So I'm I'm kind of getting excited about. So that. you're going to read it just to find information about absolutely Star Wars films. Absolutely. Well, and that's why I'm reading the Star Wars series right now. Anyway, I mean, it is a very like all the Marvel Star Wars comics right now have been really good. Like they have not written a bad one yet. Yeah, and it's all canon, so that's really cool for totally. Yeah, someone like you who loves Star Wars comic books and mm-hmm. stuff that all ties together. Yeah. So this is extra content, and it's all perfectly. Um, what would I say? What did you say? Uh. Packaged? I don't know. Pack, yeah, packaged. So it's not packaged, but like um, supervised. Over oh, that yeah, it's yeah. all good and yeah. fits together. And that's the like cool part. Should. Yeah, because it's all all of the Marvel Star Wars comics are are basically they have like a, a group at Lucasfilm um, that makes sure everything's yeah, good. That works with the creators to basically like they'll tell them you know either either a it'll work this way where Lucasfilm says okay you know we we want to have this you know a story based around this character at this time or whatever or um, one of the creators will actually go to them and say, hey, I have this idea for this character, uh, which was the case with, I think, Chewbacca. Um, they had a Chewbacca series recently. But it's like, you know, hey, we'll dive deeper into this character and, and kind of, you know, explore this. Um, and so it all it all is approved through or sometimes pitched by Lucasfilm. And so it's a very closely sort of knit where, you know, like even a lot of times uh, with the other Star Wars comics, um, there were a lot of things that they wanted to put in some of the comics where Lucasfilm went, uh, actually, we can't do that because it's going to play a factor in Force Awakens oh. and we don't want to spoil it. And so it's, they're very closely tied together. So I think it's awesome that, that's, that it is so tight-knit, you know? Yeah, because that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Expanded universe and extra stuff until you see the next film. Wait, totally. Wait. Uh, and I love that stuff, and I love Star Wars, um, which brings me to actually the first video that's going to be released on our, our YouTube channel. Uh, is going to be with Star Wars Battlefront. And Star Wars Battlefront uh, just released details on their first uh, DLC expansion pack. So With the Death Star? No, not the Death Star yet. That doesn't come till uh, May, I think. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. You and Josh talked about this on one of our previous podcasts. Yeah, we did. Uh, so this expansion pack, though, it's called the Outer Rim expansion pack. It's got two new characters, one hero, one villain. Um, Ooh, and then, Everybody loves new characters. Right? What are these new characters? So they are very uh, distinct-looking characters from the original trilogy. Uh, one of them is a villain <gasps> who appeared in A New Hope. No, I can get this. Uh, one sec. One sec. No, you can get it. You can get it. One sec. I don't know his name, but he's green. He is Greedo. green. Greedo. I knew there it. There you go. Uh, so Greedo is the villain. Now, the second character... Uh, I think in the so he was in the Force Awakens and in uh, a pilot the in uh, Return of the Jedi he is a pilot or a co-pilot in some instances. Yeah, do you know his I know, name? I know who it is. I saw some picture with these two characters. You did. It was probably the link that I shared. Yeah, it's probably. But yeah, that's do you know why, his that's name? why I know Greedo. Um, I I do Jam Jam or something. <laughs> jam Jam. <laughs> I don't know. It's like some kind of snack. <laughs> It's nine numb, nine numb, nine numb, nine n i e n dash n u n b. That's why I thought treat numb, nummy nummy. I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard. it's hard to say numb, numb with a b. N- yeah, n u n b, n u n b, numb, n u n b, numb, numb. So you it's, you always want to say numb, is numb, and I have no idea how to like actually. Yeah, he's the that. one that I think looks kind of Asian. Yeah. He he does he does look like he looks pretty Asian and then when he talks it's very Spanish. I think he sounds Asian. I don't know. Or, uh, what is it? What do they speak? Cantonese or Mandarin or something? Yeah, Cantonese or Mandarin. Just depends on the interpretation. That would be China. 
That would be. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, See, we know other stuff too. <laughs> that's not related to comic books and movies. Yeah, that's it. That's all. I yeah, know that's about. like pretty much the only thing. Um, but in terms of other uh, Battlefront related stuff, John Boyega, who obviously you probably know who that is. He, uh, I don't know, just starred in Force Awakens? Is that, <laughs> yes, that's, sir. That's the one? All right. Finn from The Force Awakens uh, apparently has actually been playing Battlefront quite a lot lately. Dude, I would too, man. <laughs> Even if I sucked at it or hated it, I'm yeah. like, I was in one of these movies. Totally. I'm going to get good at this. Well, it's a good game. Um, it's pretty fun. But then he... But I suck at it. <laughs> he recently started tweeting uh, the makers of Battlefront, actually. <laughs> Make it's- me... Is that what he's saying? <laughs> no. Uh, so surprisingly, he's not saying that. I wish he was saying that. That's what I'd be saying. What he's saying now is, will fans get a full offline story mode? It's more of an enjoyable way to, to learn the controls. <laughs> and then uh, they tweeted back at him and said, have you had a chance to try, to try the missions? And he said, yeah, I thought it was great, but definitely uh, leaves you wanting to engage within a narrative. Can I visit your base in the UK? So he's basically just tweeting these guys, like, hey, asking them to make changes, and then also being like, hey, can I come over? <laughs> can I come over and play? I'll help you guys out. <laughs> Which, dude, I totally agree. A lot of what is missing from a lot of these new mo- uh, video games... Mm-hmm. Um, is a narrative. They're making, yeah, they're making... Is they're not doing single-player modes. Yeah. Because they think, oh, most people just want to play online, so they put all their processing power or whatever. Yeah. All their all their development, all into, that, yeah, into the you know multiplayer stuff. When I don't know for people like me, I'm probably like John Boyega. I yeah. don't play a lot online. Yeah, I like to play a narrative. I like to play to immerse a myself in a world and yeah. a story, like a movie that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. So well, and that's why the Arkham games are so great. That I, that's why I love freaking that. It's awesome. Yeah, you just got to be Batman. You get your own city, and you get to go do missions and whatever. And there's a mystery or some crap and it's like oh this is awesome except for arkham knight that was a crappy story you didn't like the story in arkham knight no it's like a horrible retelling of yeah i guess that's true because it you know they're pulling a little too much from the comics and so then it's like we saw it coming you know everyone well, knew once, the arkham knight was jason todd like yeah, six months before the game came out freaking showed that like i i didn't know but i, I thought you know maybe but i was like mm-hmm. i was hoping it would be better but you know arkham knight has military strategy which yeah. jason todd never did yeah and one of the uh sequences or whatever is a flashback of mm-hmm. him getting killed. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I know. Why yep. would they put that in there? Anyway. No, yeah. Totally. But that that's the games I like to play. Yeah. No, and I, I'm the same way because I, I, I enjoy online, but it is kind of nice to, like, to, to jump into a narrative and like follow a story, you know, because I think that's one of the most powerful things that video games can have is like that ability to sort of take you on an adventure in a more interactive way than a movie or a TV show can because you're involved in it. You know, you're actively propelling the story forward, you know? Yeah. The story goes forward. You get for- to be in the, the world, like, especially open world stuff. Yeah. I love that. No, yeah. And it, and it goes forward at your pace, you know? Like, and, and with the Arkham games, what's really cool is, like, you can basically pause the narrative to go and do other stuff and explore this world, you know? Like, yeah. when you watch when you watch the Avengers or whatever and you see, you know, there's Avengers Tower, like, in your head you're kind of like, oh, man. I want to like see what else is in that freaking tower, you know, like, or, you know, you're watching a Batman movie and you're in Gotham city. And especially from the looks of Batman v Superman, it's a very like fleshed out city. There's a lot of detail and a lot of cool things that you just want to kind of go and like explore and see what's going on in this world. Yeah, You want to be that character. So exactly. And that's what, that's what movies don't offer. And video games can offer that until they become basically just online player downloadable content, you know, 
yeah. pumping factories. I, I, that's why I don't have Battlefront. I would have Battlefront if there was a narrative and I yeah. got to be freaking a Jedi yeah. or something and go do a story. I mean, yeah. obviously I can go fight other people, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, For people like me, I, I suck at video games. Yeah, no, generally, I'm not either. So I just, I just like to play video games for me and not have this competitive, yeah. like, I don't know. Well, and that's why that's why I like doing our game streaming stuff and, like, making these videos that we've been making lately. Because you like, can always beat me? Well, no, because I'm not that good of a gamer either. And so, yeah, like, you still beat me every time. It depends on the game. In Battlefront, I beat you, but then, yeah. like, Borderlands, you kick my ass and, and you know, other games like that. Well, Borderlands. Super Smash Bros. as well, you usually, you usually handle I play well. that every day at work on break. <laughs> and then I stay after but I mean that's what I like though because like we're not we're not hardcore gamers we like video games we generally keep up with what's going on in video games but we're not you know always playing games we're just kind of enjoying casual gamers yeah we're casual gamers and so that's what kind of makes it fun is that you know we can sort of jump in and do that and then when you're especially and that's what bugs me about online play and not being able to play regular multiplayer on consoles is like when you go and play online, you're playing usually with a bunch of hardcore gamers, you know, and so like it, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Whereas when you're playing with your friends, you're sitting in a room with your friends. Like most of you are going to be casual gamers. And then we play Borderlands until five in the morning. <laughs> God, that was that's fun. That was, a good that was time. pretty fun. That was insane. Um, but that's what makes it fun, and that's why I love Borderlands. Is like because it is just that sort of explorative game that you can just play with your friends you know yeah especially because since i got the handsome jack collection mm-hmm. you can play borderlands 2 with four people on the same screen yeah and that is another thing that is missing is four player split screen yeah yeah well even split screen yeah two yeah. player and four player especially yep. um, i know dang it why are they uh, i don't know maybe other people Bugs like me. it other people don't care that that they don't have that yeah but i don't know what that's it is what i want yeah no and that's and that's why i i love I love that Super Smash Bros. is still a successful game. Yeah. Because I feel eight like that's player. The, yeah. Oh. Eight players. And it's all on one screen. Like, you don't even have to split the screen. It's just one view of everything. It's actually kind of annoying sometimes. You think the smallest. So, so zoomed out. No, yeah. The smallest battle screen or battlefield with eight mm-hmm. people is a nightmare. Especially when someone picks Bowser and just keeps drop kicking sideways and jumping <laughs> up and sitting on. And he's like, oh, I got nine kills. I was like, obviously, <laughs> every move you do, you're going to hit at least three people. Every but move you make, it's, every step it's a lot you of fun. take, you'll be hitting three people. Um, yeah, no, it is, and that, yeah, it's that's the whole thing. Is like uh, video games lately, especially on like Xbox and PlayStation, have been kind of not necessarily cutting out the casual gamer, but definitely making it less accessible for casual gamers. You know, yeah, because um, all sorts of Devin is also a mm-hmm. very casual gamer totally but he was super excited about this new game called Evolve yeah where three players play and then there's one player that gets to be the bad guy and yeah. they go hunt him we went to go buy that found out it was one player and you have to assist him link or yeah, exactly. online play and nobody bought it and now I saw it at GameStop for like six bucks yeah and well that's the same like with Grand Theft Auto Grand Theft Auto has a lot of game modes like that where you can do sort of that same thing where there's like a monster and then the other two people are hunting it down or whatever but again, you have to have system link. You have to link them all together. And like right now, freaking, we're working on our game streaming. We want to, we want to like have this fun multiplayer experience on our game streaming. But we have to buy like thousands of dollars worth of stuff, you know, in TV monitors, consoles, you know, controllers, and then linking up the yeah. systems and having a good enough connection with hard wires so that we can actually link them up that way. Plus the game streaming devices, it gets crazy. And then the headsets and the mixers, like making it all too complicated, guys. We just want to play video games. Yeah, because like when we have a split screen game, we can just hook it up to the game streaming, hook it up to the, the one computer and the one TV, and then play. It's easy. Yeah, that's why me and my cousins, Devin, mm-hmm. Dustin, everybody, 
We always go back to the N64 because it's always four player and yep. you never have to do anything besides plug in a couple paddles. Totally. Totally. So, and that, that is nice. I guess that was our uh, video game rant of what we <laughs> yes. don't like about the video game industry. Yeah. Where um, were we? We were on a lot of stuff. I mean, we're we're kind of moving through. We were talking about Star Wars Battlefront, um, but That's the next right. the next thing I've got here, which is which is actually very related to what we're talking about, um, is that the next PlayStation Four update actually includes game streaming to PCs and Macs automatically without having to buy a game capture device. Really? Yeah. So which they can they can do that. Awesome. They just choose not to. Basically. Oh, jerks. There's a lot of things that Microsoft chooses not to do with the Xbox that bugs me, which is why I'm actually excited that I'm going to be getting a PlayStation 4 soon, because I think that'll make it easier to do a lot of these videos that we're doing. Um, PlayStation? All right. Yeah. And so, because, yeah, now this next update is going to let it stream directly to your computer or, or Mac. That sounds really cool. I wish... Dang it. Why Why did they have to do that? I have no idea. Dang it. It bugs me. Um, so at least, at least Sony's heading in the right direction, and it's good because... The PlayStation 4 has kicked the Xbox One's ass in sales, and so maybe Microsoft will get the hint and start to become a little bit more player-friendly that way. They're trying to do the whole uh, backwards compatibility, yeah, which they should have done in the first place, to be honest. No, totally. Now they have to do some... Uh, what do they have to do? A Xbox 360 emulator that you have to download. <laughs> and it's really complicated and annoying. It's very complicated. And I can't even play all the games I want. Yeah. It's kind of... <sighs> Yeah, it's kind of the worst. I, I was excited. I thought, oh, I thought the um, backwards compatibility would be a lot simpler because I have no idea how it works. Yeah. So I thought they were just going to be like, oh, here it is now, and you can put whatever three hundred and sixty. No, it's actually nope. a pretty complicated little um, yeah. process. Yeah. I yeah. I'm getting I'm getting frustrated with some of that stuff. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll get away from the video game talk and and talk about some stuff that we that we normally talk about a lot. Um, we and talk about a lot. we talk about TV and movies a lot. I mean, a lot. That's oftentimes true. we talk about things from the internet as well. Uh, but the the Oscars are over now, Chase. It's award season for TV and movies. Uh, what did you think of the Oscars? I don't know. I only cut cut the last of it. Um, I saw when Leo won. Yeah, and like I've said before on this podcast several times, out of all the performances <laughs> Leo's ever had, I think this is the one that is least worthy to get an Oscar. Totally. No, he. I mean, but I mean, it is impressive what he did physically, but I don't know. He was, yeah. I mean, he, as far as an acting job, like I think the Aviator and and Blood Diamond were both way better than, yeah, than the Revenant. Um, I was really glad that the Revenant didn't get Best Picture though. Yeah. So um, and actually, a movie called Spotlight, which I've never even heard of, and I kind of want to go see now because it's got a great cast and it's it's a great compelling story. Did you see how stoked Mark Ruffalo was to be on stage? He was, yeah, he's losing his mind. Dude, oh, I'm doing a stage right now. He might have felt I like know, he just won an Oscar for our movie. Ah! I think he might have been a little high. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. He's gone on the record as a pretty regular pot smoker before. Really? Yeah, I had no idea. I know it's like you you look at him and you don't expect it. That's why the Hulk had red eyes in Ultron. There we go. We never knew until now. <laughs> he, uh, he was sitting waiting on the ship, getting high. <laughs> That's why he didn't. She didn't have to put any images in his head because he already had them. Yeah, being high. Yeah, I figured it like, out. Whoa. Woo! He's, yeah, he went a little too extreme on it. He, she she goes with her little mind tricks, and then he goes nuts else. and runs off. She's like, "Okay, I don't have to do uh, anything." Whatever. Yeah, just, she tried, and then he just ran off. Um, See you later. Home. <laughs> Go tear down the city. Do you think they should have just had a separate award ceremony for Mad Max? Oh, dude, Mad Max cleaned oh. up. 
I was so stoked. I didn't see any of the awards that they got. Yeah. Um, I missed all that. But then I went and checked, and I'm like, oh, let's see who won all these awards. Six awards won. Six Oscars. Yeah. For Mad Max. And I was like, so stoked. I was like, yes. That is an impressive So movie. good. But um, the one that was uh, visual effects. Yeah. Was got um, Machina. Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina, one. yep. Which has pretty impressive. Very impressive um, visual, visual effects. effects. Yeah. But I don't know. Is stunts considered visual effects? Stunts are not visual effects. No. No? Okay. What sucks I, is that the Oscars don't have any stunt awards. Like, like just like practical effects. Yeah. Because that is amazing. And I kind of, if the cinematography in, mm-hmm. what is it called? Revenant. Yeah. Was like the only good part of the movie. Yep. That one, that one, and I think it kind of deserves it. That was deserving. It. But Mad Max has some incredible um, cinematography. That Absolutely. I don't think a lot of other people... Um, you know, really respect or understand. Absolutely. Know? Well, no, in, in Mad Max, in the hands of a lesser director, Mad Max would have been an incomprehensible nightmare. Like, that movie, you shouldn't have, with, with all the things going on in that movie, really, you shouldn't have been able to even understand what was going on. But because it was in the hands of such capable filmmakers, you actually were able to follow the narrative, and, and when you're watching this movie, actually tell what's going on, even though there's a million crazy things going on in the background. There's fire, there's people jumping up on poles, there's, like, absolute madness. And it should have been a Michael Bay movie, but it wasn't. Like, it, it wasn't that level of just unintelligence and just, and just brainlessness. It was actually a very masterful, cohesive story that you can follow all the way through, whereas with Michael Bay, once the action scenes start, you're just like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, and then you just, you know... You tune out. But this is weird with Mad Max is that they're doing a narrative and action scenes at the same time yep. throughout the entire movie, and it's totally perfect, and it's awesome, and you don't get sick of it, Yeah, which I think is, like, incredible. A lot of people yeah. don't. I've showed the movie to my, my sister and my mom, and they're just like, oh, this is boring, this is stupid. But for, I, I for a person it. like me, I'm like, this is so incredible how they got some of these shots, and it's all practical, all Absolutely. done. Like, there's a guy that actually jumped... Uh, he didn't jump on the car, mm-hmm. but um, he jumped and swung, and then they had the car underneath him, mm-hmm. and they made it all blow up and look all so awesome. All those practical effects, pr- practical, yeah. Except for the tornado scene, which I, th- I thought that was a little tacky, yeah. but it was cool. No, yeah, there were there were a lot of like, and I think I think with a movie like that, it, there are sometimes where you just have to go over the top. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just so, and especially because throughout the entire movie, every single scene is managing to build tension, build character, show action, you know, have real emotion and even and even have like sorrow, you know, have a full range of emotion. like it's able to do all of those things at the same time whereas with a Michael Bay movie it's like okay, here's a scene where there's emotion. Okay, here's a scene where there's some character pieces. Okay, here's an action scene. Okay, here you know yeah. like and it, it has to go all over the place whereas with Mad Max it was just a constant stream of all of it, you know. Yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. Absolutely. But I agree. I mean, not a lot of people a lot of a lot of people that hated it yeah, but I mean, it has six Oscars, so proof is there, right there. Absolutely. But I mean, so did uh, Lee Leo got an Oscar. Yeah. So well, I don't, I don't know. I don't what, know how reliable these Oscars are, but I'm still stoked that Mad Max got six of them. Oh, absolutely. Especially for being like an action movie of just like cars crashing. Yeah. Yes. Here's Kate. Here's another thing that bugs me too. For for best director, how can Mad Max win six awards, and it's all awards for things that the director was guiding, you know, the, the costumes, the visual effects, the editing, the sound mix, like, all that stuff. That's stuff that 
the director is responsible for telling those people what to do and, 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 and guiding that process. So how can you win six things for the people working for the director and then not have the director win best director? Yeah. That well, blows my mind. What is that? Well, the, he's got a really complicated name. But Alejandro Giannuritu. That guy. Yeah, he won. I don't know what it takes to be a director filming The Revenant. Go and like, film out in the snow and just be cold and then people will respect you. He did you. use all natural light. He did, but that was the cinematographer. That's the thing. That's it's like, true. That's on the cinematographer, not the director. And that's what keeps bugging me about The Revenant is like, people give Leo and Alejandro and Yuritu a lot of credit for things that really it's mostly the cinematographer. It was all the cinematographer. That's the only good part it. of the movie. Yeah. So it's, I'm kind of stoked that he won. Absolutely. He did a great job. Um, I feel like the natural light was kind of like, using nothing but natural light is kind of like a, a gimmick he was trying to use, yeah. but also something that, you know, I would, I would, if I were a cinematographer that was really good, I'd, I'd kind of want to go for those challenges. Yeah. And that's really cool that he went for that and did it, and it Absolutely. was so amazing. Even though it caused the film to go over on shooting like two or three months. but yeah, Especially when you're in the freezing in Canada. Seriously. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, was, I saw that one, mm-hmm. um, the director, and I was like, George Miller, George Miller, George Miller. Seriously. And then it was like, that other guy from Birdman. I was yeah. like, ah. That's and his fourth one, though, which is pretty impressive. It's insane. And he is, I mean, Grant, he is a very good director. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like George Miller should have won it, especially at 70 years old to, to pull off a movie like that. And, and with no script. They didn't have a freaking script or a screenplay. They had storyboards. That's what they made. Lots. Have lots you, have and lots of storyboards. Have you seen behind the scenes? Yeah. Dude, if I can find that video, we should share it on our Facebook because, or wherever. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Because it's awesome. It's about a half an hour of just behind the scenes of how they created the movie and some of those shots. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. It's all amazing they, yeah. that, how they did it. And it's like, this is insane. It's cool. Totally. So. Absolutely. And they worked with a comic book artist to make the whole thing. Um, That's what's up. But, yeah. So now we're almost at the end of award season. Uh, the Emmys are coming up, uh, which is the TV awards. Um, are there any are there any particular TV shows or performances that you're uh, that you're hoping? I don't get think some I brass? watch any TV shows that would be nominated for Emmys. Really? Yeah, that's true. I guess Arrow and, and Flash and I watch, those yeah, shows I watch Arrow really and gonna... Flash and Diesel Brothers. Diesel Brothers. Diesel Brothers. What's that? Uh, it's actually filmed here in Salt Lake. Really? Of uh, dudes that build big trucks. <laughs> so me, my dad, my brother watch it all the time. We love I it. I get you. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, no, that no Emmy for that. <laughs> I uh, they're not the best actors, and they pretend like, oh my gosh, I yeah. gotta have this done in a week. I we all know it's fake. Yeah, that's true. Um, there are a few shows that I watch. Uh, I I'm hoping and expecting Mr. Robot to clean up at the Emmys. Like that show is one of the best shows I've seen in years. Um, is that good? It's really good. I think you should watch it. Um, it's very, it's very similar to a David Fincher movie in style and tone. You know, like Fight Club or. Uh, um, Zodiac, not not too similar to Zodiac, but a lot of the tone is just very sort of suspenseful. The the lighting methods and, and framing and all that is very similar to what David Fincher a lot of times uses for his movies. Um, but it's it's a really like I don't know smart, compelling, and, and a lot of times like mysterious series. Um, I love it. Is I, it like sci-fi? Uh, no, actually, it's uh, it's more it's 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 more grounded than you'd expect with a name like Mr. Robot. Um, and it sounds very sci-fi. I've seen yeah. like shots of it, like the previews where they have the guy mm-hmm. looking. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of looking. Yeah. Like, What's going um, on? No, it's not very, it's not very sci-fi. It's more like, uh, it's more of a sort of, I, I don't even want to say political cause it's not like a political thriller, but it's more like a, um, 
if if they were to make a TV series about the hacker group Anonymous, this that's that's what this most closely kind of resembles. That actually sounds cool when you put it like that. Yeah, the Anonymous hacker group is kind of weird, kind of cool though. Yeah. Very interesting, intriguing. Well, and that's what it's about is is a group of hackers. Maybe and I so, will see because that sounds cool. It is actually amazing. Um, I freaking love it. Uh, and then I'm hoping House of Cards wins some stuff because that show continues to be great. Um, other than that, there's not a ton of other stuff that I'm like super interested in. I might not watch the Emmys, but I feel like I'll probably end up tuning in. I've never watched the Emmys. Yeah, I, I do hope that freaking John Oliver and Stephen Colbert win some awards though, because those guys have some consistently fantastic programming on The Late Show and Last Week Tonight. Like just in terms of like the the public and especially millennials view media. You know, our generation views media a certain way, and oftentimes they don't really care about the news or what's even going on today but because of people like stephen colbert and john oliver and and other people like that you know the the daily show um to a lesser extent now because it's not quite as big as it used to be but they're making the the news and politics and world events a lot more accessible um and making people more aware of issues especially john oliver every big segment they do each episode kind of has a theme of like an issue that they're trying to bring to light um and I, I really like that. I mean, it's it's something good because it makes it entertaining. They release all of their segments on YouTube. You know, like Stephen Colbert releases over half of his segments on YouTube. John Oliver always releases the uh, the main segment of their show on YouTube, and so it just makes it way more accessible for younger people who are really the ones who most need to have this information and know what's going on in the world that they're sort of you know going to inherit. Um. And I think I think that that and it's always quality and it's always entertaining. You know, it's never boring news. It's not C-SPAN. It's it's you know entertaining and funny and and kind of lighthearted, but it always gives sort of an important message. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So I hope they I hope they get something for that because that's you know that's the work of uh, of good people. The work of good people. The work of good people. All right. Um. All right. You want to do some things for the internet from the internet, Chase? Yeah. All right. Let's freaking do it. It's time for things from the internet. Alrighty. Uh, so first, Chase, this comes from uh, IFL Science, um, which is one of my favorite websites. They're freaking amazing. Freaking love science? Or yeah. I, I fucking love science. Yeah. I beeped it out when you said it. Oh, there Impressive. we go. You're perfect. Yeah, you filtered awesome. me. Um, but uh, human trials for a vaccine that destroys cancerous tumors just began. Is that real? That is real, hundred percent real. This that's is something cool. that's that's worked in animal testing, has had huge success rates, and this could be the biggest breakthrough in cancer re- in cancer cures that we've ever had. I've heard some cons- compi- conspiracy theories uh-huh. that they've always had the cure for cancer; they just don't want to give it to us because they're <sighs> evil. Yeah, I I don't I I never buy the whole evil for evil's sake. If they had the cure for cancer, they would give it to us. And yeah, but for money's sake, people well, that's are greedy. Well, that's what I'm saying is if, if they want the money, then they would give it to us and charge a fortune for it. Like, you know, and especially right now, they don't have much time left before healthcare becomes socialized. So if they want to make money off of it, they, you know, they would have every reason to have already released it. So. Well, right on. You know. I hope it works because, you know, cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. Yeah. I mean, if like there's, there's, there's a few things in this world that like, you know, malaria, AIDS and cancer. Like if we can get those things handled, those three things handled. That's the top of your priority list of 
things to get rid of. Well, I mean, in terms of in terms of like you know diseases. No, I'm and, saying those are things. good. Those are good things Absolutely. to get rid of. Yeah, in, in that in that general thing, in terms of you know like increasing the lifespan of humans in general and, and preventing people from dying before their time comes. Yeah, I heard those other are big things. Other things that people want other people to die because there's overpopulation. <laughs> Dude. Conspiracy theories. By the time the Earth gets too populated to handle itself, we'll be living on the moon anyway, so it doesn't matter. Or Mars. Or Mars. Or all of it. You know? I mean, maybe we'll crack interstellar travel and be able to live in the Andromeda system or something. I don't know. Who cares? Kind of cool. I actually read another article that said life is extremely rare. And um, the outer universe everywhere, you know, besides mm-hmm. Earth, is probably pretty barren. And I don't know how they figured that out, but... Mm-hmm. well. I'm they, sure that's what they said. Yeah, I, I'm sure you could use the solar system as an, exa- as a, an example. I'm willing to bet you 90 percent of space is like uninhabited in terms of life forms. You, you said 10 percent. Well, I was thinking about this because I was talking to w- one of my other guys at work, and mm. I was like, "How do you put a percentage on the universe when it's like always going?" Yeah, and he said, "There's walls to the universe, but how is there a yeah. wall to the universe? Because like, what is on the other side? It can't just be like nothing." I don't think there's walls. It's just. Well, it has to, Ever like, expanding. The, my theory is that, you know when you play, like, Mario, the, uh-huh. the old ones, when you go to the one side of the screen? Or, like, Pac-Man. Oh, you just come you, right back on the other? You come back on the other side. Well, so, yeah, I mean, the universe is like probably the, just a big, like, sphere, vacuum sphere that you just sort of, Yeah, you with know, science that we can't even comprehend, like, from yeah. Interstellar. Yeah, exactly. Or something. But, no, I think, I mean, because, yeah, in That'd the solar crazy. system, we have, what, eight planets in the solar system? Eight or nine. I saw someone talking uh, today, talking about... It's not today. This week, oh, talking about, the about planet beyond Pluto, Pluto, Planet X or Nibiru. Yeah, Nibiru. Dude, that'd be so cool if there was life on that planet. He was Holy talking crap. about this like it was fact, and I'm like, you know, that's all theory, right? Yeah. Well, they they discovered that they're yeah that they're they're like pretty freaking sure that there is something beyond Pluto, yeah, which is super interesting. But he yeah. was talking about Anunnaki and uh, Sumerian mythology. Oh, really? Which is fascinating. Actually, I love. It but is, he was yeah. talking about it like it was fact, which kind of bugs me. <laughs> Because he's like he was like telling matter of fact kind of style, yeah. But also putting down the Bible because it's oh, just a bunch of stories of people, stories told by people um, by word of mouth for thousands of years and then written on rocks. Yeah. Like, what do you think mythology is? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I listen to this no, guy over totally, the wall mythology. all the time, and he's just full of crap all the time. No, and that's I mean, and I've said it before too. It's like I mean, mythology is is constant and ever prevalent. You know, I mean comic books for a long time and i think you know comic books are sort of the american mythology we had this conversation yeah. like two podcasts ago. we did you know and then i mean because yeah. things go down as mythology for a long time you know i mean eventually somebody's going to look back on our species and be like oh the kardashians were part of this mythology or whatever you know like stupid stuff that like that you know stor- well, there's I a lot of crazy from, you know trampy yeah. stories from uh Mythology. It's true. Well, and, yeah. and I think movies, movies, comics, and mostly just our, our forms of entertainment right now, that is kind of our mythology. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I think that's awesome. Like, in a, talking that's, about cancer? Yeah. That's a big breakthrough for, you know, for scientific research and even just for, for human life, you know. Because cancer is one of those things that, sure, there are certain things that contribute to cancer that we know about. Like, yeah, if you're smoking, you're going to increase your risk of cancer or things like that. But then there are certain things that, like you just get cancer and no rhyme or reason. You don't know yeah, why. Little kids. Yeah. And so it's like that that kind of sucks. I have your life cut short by some tumor randomly growing in your brain for no reason, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's really awesome that, you know, it feels like we're getting closer and closer every year. That they have some type of breakthrough. Um, and so I, I'm excited. You know, human trials are, be, are now beginning, which is the final stage before, you know, it's actually before a, a, a vaccine is approved to be used is passing human trials 
And once it gets to human trials, that means it's been incredibly successful in animals and in other things, you know? So, like, we're getting close. Yeah, I'm it's hoping awesome. it works. It's awesome. Um, but speaking of space, Chase. Space. <laughs> Chase Space. Space Chase. Oh, dude, that's a good name. Space, space Chase. Chase. I think they've already had that. Hi, Space Chase. Um, Hi, Space Chase? <laughs> yeah, you're in very, you know, you're, you're a high elevation Outer in space. Outer Space Chase. Outer Space Chase. Oh, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad. One. That's, that's a good my, one. Uh, um, that's cosmic. your sci-fi name? Yeah, my sci-fi <laughs> Yeah, the, the Chase name. Cosmic version. Outer Space Chase. <laughs> Um, but J.J. Abrams, the uh, director of Star Wars and Star or Star Wars: The Force Awakens and Star Trek and uh, Star Trek Two, bunch of uh, and Star Trek Two and and uh, Eleven, whatever sixty three, whatever the James Franco series based on the Stephen King novel. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a time travel series where they go back and and it's to do with like the JFK assassination. Like I guess they're going back to save JFK or something. Good for them. It's kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, he's producing a documentary about the race to send rovers to the moon. Uh, which is pretty cool. So uh, the XPRIZE Foundation uh, brought him aboard to document the race to send a the first privately funded uh, lander to the moon. So basically right now... You we know, already went to the moon. We already went to the moon, yeah, as a, as a government. You know, NASA went to the moon. Um, but space, you know, and, and we've heard people talk about it before, like there's people like Elon Musk and Google and, and other people that are actually trying to basically privatize space travel. You know, to, to have companies, right now there are a bunch of companies competing to send a rover to the moon, and it would be the first privately funded uh, space project. What are they going to do when they're up there? Just drive around? You know, probably, probably the do their own studies and experiments. This is the best remote control I've ever seen. Who knows? Woo. I mean, you know, I think it's just progress because they're, they're hoping, you know, like with SpaceX, Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX company, they're hoping to be able to actually send people to the moon and eventually to Mars. On a one-way trip. Or or maybe even to visit because if you're if you're rich enough you know and then eventually once space travel gets cheap enough wasn't that Elon Musk's big thing he was going to have a, a reality show about people getting ready to go to colonize Mars with a one way trip ticket to Mars mm-hmm. dude imagine that like I always think about that like right now if you just say oh yeah because you were talking about moving to a different state yeah and you're like okay that's a big decision but you can always move back you can always change things they're always changing life but imagine just being like all right i'm gonna go to mars and i'm yeah. never gonna see this place again you any of you my entire family I'm never gonna see you for the rest of my life because i'm gonna go live on mars until yeah. i die that blows my mind i don't know how people people want to do that yeah it's i mean i i would consider it moving to mars yeah how? I'll be honest. If somebody if somebody approached me and said, you know, like like if Elon Musk came up to me in this weird hypothetical situation where Elon Musk would ever approach me, um, if he came up to me and said, "Hey, you want to go live on Mars? I'll send you up there with a bunch of other people," I would I would actually probably have to take a like good long time to think about that. My ma- my answer would be no. Immediately. Really? I know that it would be a great incredible. Like you'd go down in history books or whatever. Blah blah. First people to colonize Mars. Yeah. And you, it'd be awesome adventure, but that's like a life decision. I don't know. It's that's true. And I don't like a lot of people, so I feel like if I got <laughs> stuck on a planet with 30 people I hated, I would go nuts. Yeah. No, and that's true. I mean, I guess it depends on how many people are there and how many trips are going to be sent up there. But like, at the same time, it's like, first of all, your name's going down in the history books. So? I mean that's that's just kind of cool in general. But then second of all, you can go down and history books is dying. You get to be one of the first people on freaking Mars, dude. That's so awesome. And what what if there uh, ends up being life there? Like all of a sudden, you know, humans land on there, and all of a sudden, like this weird, like invisible life that's able to like transport through the surface and down to the core. 
You know, like because I be, I mean, this is just in my head, but like like Martian Manhunter, like Martian Manhunter. What if what if Mars has a population, but they've all like they they're like this crazy advanced species that's able to like you know go with, like basically phase through the core and they have this entire settlement inside the planet of Mars. Oh my God. You just said 10% of the universe is... No, I didn't say it no, is. 90%. Saying, you said 90% of the universe is probably barren. Why, what are the be, odds that no. the planet next door also has life? I, who knows? That's what I'm saying. Who the freak knows? But like, it's, it is possible because we really we don't know enough to say any of it. You know, like We don't know enough even about our own solar system to know whether or not there's life on any of the planets in it. And so I don't know. That's not enough reason to go to Mars with thirty. No, it's people not for the rest of your life. But it's. I mean, for me, it's just like that's freaking cool. If you go, you got to send me a postcard, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, it's it's gonna be Fonzie. like one of those. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like like a Jetsons style postcard of like you know fabulous Mars, see the hills or something like that. This, no, this is this is what I wish my life would be, but it's <laughs> now me just sitting in the dirt, making potatoes nah, out of my own poop. <laughs> Hey, if Matt Damon can do it, I can do it, you know. Um, man, that book's great. I'm actually, I'm, I'm tomorrow probably going to start listening to the audiobook again. Um, it's such an enjoyable freaking read. Uh, but no, I, I think it'd be cool to go to Mars. I would, if, especially if I, like right now, if it were to happen like right now, this day, I would probably, I'd probably say yes. No, that's yeah. one of those things that you're like, yeah, I'd do that until the opportunity actually presents itself and says, do you want to move to Mars? And you're like, then all of a sudden, Dude. it's like, oh, this is real. This is real. It's I've Mars, been going though. through this for the last five months on cutting my hair. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right, I'm going to cut it now. And then I go to do it, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And if I can't do that with cutting my freaking hair, uh-huh. I don't think I could ever do it what moving if, to a different planet. What if they said it was you stayed on Mars for 10 years, and then when you come back, they pay you $10 million? That's a, I don't even think I could do that. Really? I, I that's that like uh, Pandora. In Avatar, it takes six years to get to Pandora. They stay there for five, six years, mm-hmm. however long, and then a six-year trip back. So mm-hmm. it's basically... Well, but also you age, you age less when you're in space. Yeah, but still, when you get back to Earth, it's going to be like 20 years later. That's true. Well, so, and, and that's... Like, <laughs> that's like, I don't know. It'd be awesome. Crazy adventure. Well, and so that's, that's something that actually does bring up one, one of the other things from the Internet. Uh, NASA astronaut Scott Kelly's aging actually slowed down when he was in space, which kind of proves the theory of, of relativity. Slowed down? Maybe because yeah. he didn't have any gravity or any diseases to kill him. Well, yeah, it's it, exactly. Gravity, gravity is one of the big things that ages us. Um, but no, yeah, he, he aged less time while well, he was dude, in space. Imagine if we had anti-gravity beds, like a pod to sleep in, just like float there. Yeah. That would probably help you like a lot. Oh, absolutely! Because he—I right, mean, got to solve the problem. He's even got a, a picture now that he's now that he's back on Earth. He's got a picture with his twin brother. He has a twin brother because, of course, the astronaut that we sent up into space has a twin brother. Um, and his twin brother <laughs> actually like Avatar all over again. I know, right? Um, cool. I like that. But his twin brother actually looks significantly older than him. <laughs> which Smog. is crazy. I know. Seriously, stuff like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, that's kind of cool, you know. But then, yeah, for that six-year trip to to Mars, you wouldn't be aging near as fast. So you're really not losing six years. It'd only be more like, you know, three years. Yeah, but you're you, you're losing six years of Earth life. So sure. if you get back, and then all of a sudden it's like twenty years later. Yeah, be a little trippy. I guess so. Imagine leaving Earth for twenty years and then coming back. Yeah, like from the '90s to now, it'd be like whoa. Crazy. There's something my computers are making weird noises. Um, so that yeah no I I don't know I I'd still probably do it. 
Um, anyway, uh, so then we can do a podcast from Earth and Mars. Oh, dude, we'll that would be record. the best. Be like, hey, how's Mars? Pretty good. How's Earth? Ah, oh, it's dope. Well, it's the same. That would be the freaking best. You still doing absolutely nothing on Mars? Yeah, I need another potato. You wouldn't be doing nothing because I, I mean, if you're the first people like on Mars, you'd be doing all sorts of research and laying down groundwork for more people to come to Mars. So you'd be you'd be busy constantly. So you're gonna do all the hard work so people can millennials can come and hang out and not have to do. Oh, anything. it wouldn't be millennials. It'd be freaking whatever is two or three generations after millennials. Um, unless I mean, maybe really old yeah, millennials. Even worse than millennials. <laughs> I'm sure eventually they'll come around. Um, We're not millennials. We're '90s kids, <laughs> and only we remember. <laughs> We're millennials. I'm um, not a millennial. Yeah, you are. I'm a '90s kid. That's. I mean, it's the same thing. No, it's those millennials ones. is when you're born after two th- in the millennium. No, I. I'm pretty sure millennials. I mean, I've spent are, most most of my life after 2000. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's people who grew up after 2000. Yeah, I don't but know. my childhood was in the 90s. I guess early I 2000s. Don't I don't know what defines it here. Let's let's ask Google really quick. What defines a millennial? Is that the new segment? Ask Google and <laughs> see if you're right or wrong on this phrase or words that you've been using. For the past two years. Okay, yep. So that's the problem is millennials actually, um, it ranges pretty hardcore. So the uh, so millennials, also known as the millennial generation or generation Y, are the demographic cohort following generation X. Most researchers, researchers and commentators use birth years ranging from the 1980s to the early 2000s. For millennials? Or- it's a pretty wide gap. Yeah, for millennials. Generation Y. Generation Y. That's I wanted to be in Generation X. That sounds sick. Generation X is before the 80s, so. Dang it. I know. Well, that's my parents, I guess. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's, I feel like it's like 65 to 80 is like 65. Generation X, yeah. Yeah, that'd be my parents. Yeah. Generation um, Y? That just sounds like a question. Like, why did this happen? Yeah. Well, that's that's who we are. Yeah, Generation Y. Why are you so lazy? You just sit and record your voice <laughs> every week. <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. So, Chase, how would you like to solve the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents? I don't. Because if you solve that, there's no more Batman. I guess that's fair. That's true. Okay. Well, so, Amazon, Warner Brothers, and DC Comics have united to deliver uh, a one-of-a-kind experience using the Amazon Echo device. Now, do you know what the Amazon Echo is? No, not a clue. So, the Amazon Echo is basically a little Google speaker that sits in your house and you ask it questions. So you say, Alexa, tell me whatever this thing or that thing. His name's Alexa? His name's Alexa, yeah. It's a a little AI, kind of like her. It's the new Siri. Screw Siri. We have Alexa. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually, it's pretty cool. Um, I uh, I got to play with one a a few days ago. Um, Does it just redirect you to websites? No, actually. (laughs) Because that's the thing is it's a speaker. It's just a speaker, so it has to explain it to you. It has to be able to tell you in full coherent things. Artificial unlike, intelligence. Yeah. Unlike Siri, who just basically goes, uh, let me Google that for you. It's true. Alexa just goes, well, let me tell you, you know. Um, so it's kind of cool. But uh, here's the quote from Amazon. We're thrilled to work with Warner Brothers and DC Comics to bring the Wayne investigation to our Alexa-enabled devices, said uh, Rob Polciani, the director of Alexa. Um, this is the first Alexa skill to use a combination of produced audio assets and Alexa technology. Uh, so, according to the team behind it, there are 
up to 37 decisions. And so it's like a game. Basically, you're, you're talking to Alexa and trying to figure out this mystery. Um, there are up to 37 decisions in the game, and it can take up to 40 minutes to complete, but it all depends on the choices you make. Uh, the game includes multiple characters that you will have to question and, mul- and a multitude of clues to find and was ri- written by the writers of both DC Comics and Cruel and Unusual Films, Zack Snyder's production company. Um, so that's really cool, actually. Uh, it definitely is a unique project and one that at least promises to be a novel. Um, the, the Wayne investigation is out now, so all you have to do is enable it uh, and ask Alexa to open the Wayne investigation. That's pretty cool. So now you can have friends and talk to them <laughs> without actually having friends. Friends that you're investigating about the murder of uh, two billionaires. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, though? That is really weird. I want to know how that technology works because Siri sucks at that kind of stuff. Totally. And I, I don't know how they would actually make it work so you can actually ask any question and it'll be like, all right, let me, well, let me tell you. <laughs> Maybe they're just reading off the page they Googled. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, we'll Google it and then we'll read it to them. And then we'll read it to them. Um, so here's our last thing from the internet, Chase. We teased this in the intro, um, so we should probably get to it. What did we tease? <laughs> A, uh, so a, a gamer was very serious about a tournament that he was competing in, right? He went to an internet cafe to uh, compete in a, a, <laughs> a gaming tournament and decided to take a bucket and a roll of toilet paper in with him so that he could poop without, passing, uh, without pausing during the tournament. In a cafe? In a cafe. In an internet cafe. So, so, so in, this is, I think this is in like Europe or Japan or somewhere like that. Um, so, you know, it's one of those places that never really caught on in the U.S., but just a place full of computers um, on the Internet. So so he doesn't have his own computer. Doesn't have his own computer. Okay, that makes sense. Because I'm like, why don't you just set Probably up, doesn't. Set up in, on your, in your bathroom. I know, right? Like, you just sit there, and then when you got to go, you just, you know, go. Yeah, no, so there's, there's a photo of him. He's at this Internet cafe in a public place with no chair under him, just a bucket. That he's sitting on. And his and, pants are down. And the toilet paper. And his pants are down. Like, he's been sitting like that all day just in, intan- in anticipation. Yeah. You know, just in case. Yeah. Gotta be prepared. Can't <laughs> waste any time pulling your pants down. Seriously, he's... I mean, he's definitely more concerned about his online reputation than he is about, you know, his reputation in, in real life. Yeah, that's pretty apparent. It's. I mean, I cannot... I cannot believe... That, like, there's a photo. I'm looking at it and, like... There's a woman next to him on a computer, and like she's holding up a scarf to her face to like avoid the smell. Like she was actually sitting next to him. Yeah. Like if you see someone with their pants pulled down, sitting on a bucket, you don't go sit next to him. Well, I wonder if she was already sitting there, and then he came in and sat down, and she probably already paid for her her time on uh, the computer, so she doesn't, you know, what, what's she going to do? Your leave? Time? What is wrong with Europe? I know it's <laughs> that's kind of weird. Um, I feel like you can, you know. Oh, so it was in China actually. Kick him. Oh, that makes more sense. Actually, Japan would make more sense. Yeah, well, but in Japan, everyone already has their own computer. Yeah, that'd actually be pretty normal in Japan. People That's are like, true. hey, you brought a bucket. Good job. <laughs> That's great. Can you imagine being so devoted to a gaming tournament that you just decided, like, fuck it, I'm going to pull my pants down in public and sit on a... And buckets are not comfortable. Sit on a freaking bucket for however many hours that he's... Maybe he brought, like, some custom seat. Did he have a seat, or is it just... No, there was no seat. Just sitting on, a, like, a painter's bucket. Hmm. Isn't that unreal? That guy's rad. He's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> you think, I mean, I wonder if he even, like, filled it up with water or anything. Do you think <laughs> Do you think he put any water in there? Uh, no, I don't know. Just plop. 
No, no. <laughs> and just, just like, because at least if you poured water, uh. if you poured water in there, you could spray some poopery over the water, and then it would never smell. At least, so I mean, sure, you're still sitting there with your pants. I don't down. think he thought that far through, man. He obviously thought enough to bring a bucket and toilet paper with him. That's not thinking through. <laughs> That's like a partial thought. That's like halfway there, and they're like, and then you didn't think of the rest of what was going to happen he after was, that. You're just like, he oh, was yeah. halfway there, and then he like, started living on uh, a prayer. What a, he's uh, this is was his concern. It's like I got to do this internet, the tournament or whatever. But what if I got to go to the bathroom? Per I'll bring a bucket. Bucket. That's the end of his thought process. <laughs> the end. It ended there, and he just went for it. He did it. You're probably right. That's that's the crazy part about it is that you are probably right that he just stopped right there like and just like, well, boom. I'm using a bucket. Problem, problem solved. For me, if like I mean granted I would never get to that level of uh, of indecency, but if I were going to do it, I would at least for the courtesy of people around me, sure they're going to see like my my super white legs on top of a bucket as I play this game. You have a blanket. You could bring a blanket and just set it over. That's true. I'd probably bring a blanket. And I would you also keep it warm, dude. Yeah, You'd probably have the AC cranked. I don't know how Seriously. they do it in China. I mean, maybe the computers are cranking so it keeps your legs warm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, or just the steam from inside the yeah, bucket. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know what to think about that. But no, you just. I mean, come on, fill it halfway up with water and spray some poopery over it so that the smell doesn't escape. I mean, come on, man, decency. <laughs> some decency. Um, but I mean, that walks by. Oh my gosh! Oh wait, did you use poopery? Oh no, you're good. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, you're totally good, man. No worries. Poop in that bucket all you want. Um, and then what does he do? Just stand up? <laughs> like, he obviously, he's not wiping after he's done. Well, he has the he has the toilet paper. Yeah, that's for, like, later. So he's just going to wipe after he's done with the tournament? That's for breaks, yeah. No, like, wipe like, off the crust. Like, I, got a t- I got a time. And then you just, <laughs> one or two wipes, and he's like, back to gaming. That's disgusting. And then he gets up and takes his bucket of crap <laughs> and whatever else is in there. Ew, that's so gross. Um... That's I mean that's that's the last thing I've got today Chase. <laughs> is there uh, is there anything else that you got? That's a great way to end the show. I know. We it's this is it's a consistent theme now. I'm talking about poop on this show. You know, mm-hmm. first the squad didn't talk about it for like 45 minutes. That's true. That's true. We talked about poop for a lot less time squatty this time. Potty. We're making progress. Um slowly but surely. Is there anything you want to bring up before we uh, send this rocket ship off into space, off to Mars? No. No. Send me a postcard if you do. All right. Last any last words? I'll miss you.